Welcome everyone and thank you for joining us on an NEC Speak Up podcast on the NEC Overtime Pod. Today we are celebrating Black History Month, particularly Black history in our conference. My name is Adrian Barajas and I'm the communications assistant at the NEC. I would like to thank Central Connecticut men's basketball head coach Pat Sellers and Stonehill men's basketball player Shamir Johnson for joining us today and offering to share their ideas and experiences around Black history in the NEC. Why don't we start by going around the room and introducing ourselves. Hello, everybody. Patrick Sellers, head coach at Central Connecticut, a proud Central alum, uh, played here from 87 to 91, and I was also an assistant coach here from 98 to 2002. So those years, you can tell I'm a old, a old head here uh, for young Shamir. I'm also a huge fan of Shamir, uh, number 22. He's a, he's a shooter, 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 and he's always out there, got 10 points on us the first time we played these guys in a really good game at uh, Stonehill. So happy to see him here and uh, just you know there's some more digging on him and a lot of research now getting prepared for this podcast and really really uh interesting young man man uh, you did you've done a lot for your community and your school had to be happy to be on this podcast with you sure, thank you um yeah so i'll go ahead and introduce myself now i'm shamir johnson um as Jim mentioned from waterbury connecticut Fifth year senior um, at Stonehill College. Um, and yeah, that game was, it was an amazing game. I'm excited to play you guys again. Um, I did some research on you as well, Pat. And so I noticed that you play uh, professionally overseas. That's very impressive. Like, I know that's every kid's young dream to you know, do that. So uh, kudos to you. Um, but yeah, I mean, some some stuff I've been doing on campus. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to talk about it with you guys. Um, so appreciate the time, um, Adrian, for what you're doing in this podcast. Absolutely. And it's a pleasure to have you guys. Thank you again for joining us. And why don't we just dive into some questions? So I'm going to start off with you, Shamir. And uh, I just, could you just tell us about some of the work that you're doing off the court on Stonehill's campus? Yeah. Um, so a lot of uh, the work that I'm doing is like the, the more prominent work started back in um, 2020, uh, sparked by some of the George Floyd protests and like the racial injustice. Uh, movements that we saw going on going on in the country as a whole um and so me and coach kraus um the head coach of the basketball team here we sat down and discussed ways on how maybe we could try to spark some movement and some conversation on our campus um the predominantly white campus stonehill so I, I feel like it's important that we start these conversations and have them try to you know be ongoing so i uh i spearheaded a, a group called one hill kind of to try to personify that like oneness and like togetherness that you know the the country is so needed at, at that time um in our school especially so you know what that was was a, a series of talks um where we just discussed different ways in which this country like the history of the country um injustices to you know minority groups and how we can move forward and you know be more together on campus and kind of not repeat history again um and obviously, like the goal wasn't to just you know create this super monumental movement that would change a lot of things, but it's just, just to keep conversations going. Like that's one theme that was huge back in that time. So that was my goal with the group. Otherwise, you know, since then the school has implemented a, a task force where I've been a part of that for a couple of years now. Um, some of my colleagues, some of my uh, peers, my teammates, um, and classmates are in that too. And it's just a group again to address these issues when they come up and try to be. Um, you know, do the early work, you know, to try to help the campus and see things change before, you know, problems arise. So that's the goal with our group, get some more, uh, use our voices as athletes, um, be able mm -hmm. to, you know, spread the, the awareness that 
injustices as we've seen recently with Tyra Nichols and like that are still going on to this day and need to be talked about and addressed. Um, but yeah, those are the like two things that I've done that I think are pretty, uh, you know, that have changed some things going forward. That, Shamir, that's truly amazing. And I just have a quick follow-up uh, question. And I just wanted to ask about, since you've started this, uh, you know, One Hill community, like looking back of when you started to where it is today, could you just share a few words of that about progress and, and what it's meant to not only just you, but to the community and everybody involved? Yeah, so again, it, for me, it was just being able to spark those conversations, right, with after One Hill, we, we made the task force and I've like most of my duties have gone to that. So it's just a matter of, you know, seeing people being more aware of like um, what they can do to learn, like just to educate themselves. Right? That was my biggest thing yeah. is educating yourself on the on the topic. Right. So, you know, now we have uh, on our campus, we have games dedicated to um, Black History Month. Right. That'll be our game against St. Francis PA this Thursday. Like just seeing small steps being taken, whether it be like a poster or a mural put up on, on campus. Um, just more attention to, you know, day-to-day, -day, you know, news head the news headlines that go on with any minority groups. Just like stuff like that is, uh, is, is things that um, I'm proud to see. They implemented a diversity, equity, and inclusion office and share, and share on campus, which is huge, a huge resource for us on school. So just stuff like that, right? Like being able to spark kind of maybe some kind of change and like motivation to do those things is what, you know, I like I've seen in terms of progress, right? So. Yeah, that's, that's how I feel about that. For sure. I, that's amazing. And I, I love how you're emphasizing like the education on, on it, because I mm -hmm. think we live in a day and age where like, you know, we have these uh, sources available to us, you know, like social media and people are just very quick to type up, a, type up something, mm -hmm. share their opinion and set it without even being truly and deeply educated on topics. And I think that's awesome that you, you have this emphasis of education so that people can truly understand, you know, the history the current state and then you know what we can do for the future of, of, right. of all these types of topics and things we advocate for so that is truly amazing and um now i have a question for uh coach sellers um could you share with us which figures in black history and basketball that have inspired you um what have you taken away from these individuals and implemented into your own coaching philosophy um you know i, I can go like mom some of my mentors like and, and they like probably not national names, a little bit maybe, uh, Dave Lado, who I was an assistant for Dave at, at DePaul for two years. Mm -hmm. But Dave uh, recruited and coached my brother at University of Connecticut. I've known him since I was 18 years old. He's a really uh, great guy, outspoken figure. He's always promoting coaching and young black coaches. He's always giving an ear to the young guys. He's telling them, giving us advice. So all throughout my career, Coming up, even playing as a player and then going overseas and playing in Europe, he was always a mentor to me. And my other mentor is Carl Hobbs, who's an assistant at Rutgers now. And Carl Hobbs, Coach Hobbs was an assistant at UConn, again, another UConn guy. But he was a head coach at uh, George Washington. I learned a ton from him. And uh, those two guys kind of really impacted my growth as a coach. Uh, and then as I go further into my, got further into my career, um, I coached at Creighton in Omaha. And I got to Creighton and we had a diversity diversity uh, officer on our staff. It was Lynn Gordy. And you guys probably don't know that name. Lynn Gordy was a great player at Arizona way back in the 70s. But he was an assistant coach at Clemson University when I was in high school. I went to high school in South Carolina. And when Lynn Gordy walked in the gym, everybody stood up because everybody knew him. Everybody was, man, that's, that's Coach Gordy, that's Coach Gordy. 
when I got to Creighton, to be on the same staff with Coach Gordy was amazing. Just to hear some of his stories and again, mentoring me, helping me out to this day, you know, as a head coach now, he still calls and checks in on me. You know, we go through a losing schedule. He'll say, hey, you're doing all right. Stay focused, stay positive. You have a couple wins in a row. He gets on me, hey, stay tight. Don't let these guys get loose, whatever. So these guys are really, really big, been a big part of, of my career as a coach. Um, and then, you know, going back to the, to the history, I, when I was a player here, and this is before you guys' time, when I was a player here, we played at Cal. And, uh, and while we played at Cal, I played for a guy named Mike Brown. And Coach Brown called up Al Adels. Al Adels is a New York guard, tough New York guard that played for Golden State back in the days. Coach Golden State played with Will Chamberlain. This is how old, old, old school it was. And uh, he was the GM for the Golden State Warriors when I was a player at Central Connecticut. And so he came to our shoot around and talked to all the guys. And so, you know, I'm a basketball junkie. I, I've studied the history of it. I, I know a lot about it. So I was one of the few guys who knew who Coach Adams was. I was so excited, man, Al Adams, I can't believe it. So, um, you know, guys like that, you saw him rise up from a player to a coach a front office GM president type of guy. Those guys always inspired me. And then you go even to today, like Doc Rivers, you know, Doc Rivers back when he was with the Celt you know, Orlando or the Celtics, you know, the Clippers, and now he's with Philly. You know, uh, when I was a, an assistant at, at UConn, um, Coach Calhoun got a, a big honor in Boston and Doc Rivers got honored the same night. And we were at a dinner together. And just sitting there talking to Doc and hearing his story, talking about Garnett, Ray Allen, and those guys, it was just amazing. So obviously, I've been a huge fan of Doc ever since I got a little up close and personal with him. So you know, I've had a, I've been lucky, fortunate to, to be in basketball for a long time and, and meet a lot of different people and work in a lot of different places. So it's been a, you know, a lot of guys have touched me as a coach. Um, and then I even go as far, as far as, you know, when I got the job a couple of years ago, um, Dennis Gates, who was the head coach at Cleveland State, now he's the head coach at Missouri, reached out to me and said, hey, hey Pat, we have a Sunday Zoom call. Uh, this is during the summertime where we talk X and O's, we talk strategy, we talk about dealing with the media, how you handle administrators, all of those things we talk about. And it's just a good Zoom to get on. and. Uh, I've got so much respect from Dennis. He's doing a great job. He did a great job at Cleveland State and he's doing a great job at Missouri. So all of those guys have been in, 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 uh, impactful in my career. Yeah, no, truly amazing. You've, you've, you know, you've shared a lot of, uh, you know, big names and people who are really, really experienced in the game and to be able to, uh, you know, sit down and have dinner and, 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 and work alongside some of these people and, you know, be in the same gym, you know, I'm sure has, you know, offered you an opportunity to have a lot of takeaways and implement it into your own coaching philosophy. And uh, I can only imagine what you're able to implement in your own team and, uh, you know, what, the, what your players can take away. So that's uh, so great to hear. Some of those names are, you know, some big names. That's, that's very awesome. Um, Shamir, and for yourself, what kind of leaders in Black history have inspired you to pursue, pursue the initiative that uh, you started on your campus? Yeah, um, I mean, a lot of my inspiration comes from uh, similar to Coach Sellers, like just people who I've, I've been close to in my life. Um, my coach in high school, 
um, is extremely passionate about these kind of things, right? Like being advocates for like the youth and like making sure that we have a voice um, using your your um, platform as an athlete. Uh, Coach Savard Bernier at Taft, um, Taft High School in Watertown, Connecticut. Um, so like, that's a good example. And then just obviously prominent figures in like the league, right? So, you know, the NBA was a huge advocate for, you know, social injustice. Um, and rights for black athletes, things like that, WNBA as well. So just people like that, just being not afraid to like put their careers and professions on the line, speak up on podcasts or me, like whatever social media it is. And then historically, right, and there's figures like Ali and Kareem, Bill Russell, things like that, who are just always like, they've this, like the stuff they've gone through is like 10 times, you know, worse in, in a sense, right? Because they didn't have, you know, social media, they didn't have things like that to speak on, they had to speak in person. They got, like treated a lot a lot differently than this guys nowadays right um similar problems but just like the 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 intensity of it was a lot different there so like just stuff like that right and then just you know self kind of motivation to just kind of do something different um and kind of just shake the narrative and like spark something on campus was my biggest motivation um i would say awesome and and coach sellers when you as a you know a leader a head coach um someone who has uh you know a lot of experience when you see young student athletes, young basketball players like Shamir and others that you come across in your career, taking taking initiative, um, you know, whether it be on the court or advocating off the court, what kind of encouragement, what kind of advice um, do you offer to keep to keep the fuel, you know, keep that fire burning for, for these student athletes? Yeah, you know, that like what Shamir is doing is, is tremendous. Um, you know, again, I, I've coached I coached at Fairfield uh, a couple of years before. And when I was at Fairfield, we had the Black Men of Fairfield. And uh, the athletic director asked me if I wanted to be a part of it. I was like, 100%. And it basically, it was like the Black students on campus, the Black men on campus. We would get together once a month. And, you know, it, we, would, we would have a topic and we would talk about it. And so I was one of the old guys in the room. And they wanted, like, post, you've been through this, you've been through that. And how do you approach this? And how do you approach that? And so, you know, when I see the young guys, I'm always going through experiences, so many life experiences I've had. And one one thing I always tell the young guys, and I, I tell our guys, we, we had a win on Saturday. I was like, hey, we had a win. Go out and enjoy, but be smart, be safe, take care of each other. And the other thing I talk about is de-escalating a situation. And uh, I tell these guys all the time, I've been pulled over like, three, four times uh, in the last five years. And one, it might be speeding. It might have been going through a yellow light, turn red, whatever. It got pulled over. And I've seen guys handle certain situations differently. So, mm -hmm. you know, for instance, a yellow light situation, I, uh, uh, or the red light, so to speak, I said to the officer when he came over, you know what you did wrong? I have my license, my registration. I handed it to him. I said, I thought I could get to that yellow light probably turn red. I'm 100% in the wrong. And uh, I made a mistake. Boom. He looks at my stuff, hands it back. Hey, just be careful next time. So three time, three situations I've had where, and I, it was gray area, probably was yellow. Um, but I didn't escalate it. I didn't get, you know, combative. I didn't do any getting crazy or whatever. And so we just squashed the situation. And so when I, when I talk to young guys, I'm especially now, you know, the Tyree Nichols thing, like Shamir talked about earlier, George Floyd thing. Those guys were not at, uh, getting combative or whatever. They just got beat up. 
And so it, it it's a sad part of what we're going through as a as in, in this era and this time. Um, and again, like Shamir said, there's no social media back in the days. Now we have it, so we can see what's really happening. So, as if any time I talk to the young guys, if they can avoid situations that that you can say, you know what, you know, I I know I'm right, but for the time being, I'm going to eat some crow, and then I'm going to do what Shamir's doing. I'm going to get on mm-hmm. campus, and I'm going to go against racial injustice. I'm going to talk it up. I'm going to go about it. But to be safe, to take care of myself, to take care of my, my friends in the car with me, to, 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 do the, to, to keep going, let me not get crazy and get out of control. Let me just de-escalate the situation. And then as we go forward, I'll do what Shamir is doing. I'll do what I'll put, I'll get my group together and we'll say, you know what? People are, are getting beaten up and attacked or whatever and we have to do something about it and the more we get the younger guys to do it the younger generation the guys they they you know Shamir and those guys are so great with Instagram and Twitter mm-hmm. and they can get their word out there and they can get people out there the better off we are so you know I applaud I applaud the young guys and anytime I have we have young guys that are into it I'm 100% behind them and I'm just giving them my knowledge from life experiences that I've gone through in the past Awesome. Uh, that's amazing. Some awesome words of encouragement and advice, both when you're in the situation, how to handle these situations, whether you're in the right, in the wrong. Um, and just sometimes, you, you know, you know, uh, unfortunately, there are instances where, where you're in the right and st- yet you're still getting the shorter end of the six. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, uh, awesome advice, coach. And, and, and I like how you emphasize that, you know, you regroup after the situation and take it to, you know, advocating, whether it be on social media, starting a group on campus and um, just staying unified as a community um, right. uh, to, to promote this change. So thank you uh, for those words of encouragement and advice. And uh, coach, I'm going to follow up with the next question for you. So you served as an assistant for CCSU in the late 90s, early 2000s, returned to the NEC as an assistant for FDU uh, through 2017 to, through uh, 2019. And now you're back at CCSU as a head coach. Are there differences in terms of the Black experience and your NEC history that you can point to between then and now? Has anything changed? Yeah, you, you know, like like George Floyd was a huge thing, you know, that happened. And so everybody's more aware. Um, you know, people are willing to talk more. You know, back, uh, George Floyd happened when I was at Fairfield. And... I remember our athletic director calling me and said, hey, man, I'm sorry. And like, is there anything you want to talk about? Like people in the athletic department reaching out, the, the president reaching out, just wanting to talk and have dialogue and making sure I was OK. And then like, you know, how we feel and is anything we could do. So it gave us a, uh, a platform to talk a little bit more. And so, you know, it basically everybody is alert and aware and talking. And so you see that change, those changes in the NEC has happened. And uh, like Shamir, what he's doing uh, on his campus and the guys on our campus are like really advocates for racial injustice. And they're talking about uh, about how to, to better our community, how to, we, we, had, we have Zoom calls at Central Connecticut with the president 
and we're talking about the black experience on campus here and how we can get it better. Um, you know, so I've seen a lot of change in the NEC as we've gone forward, especially since George Floyd. Uh, back when I was when I played, it was you know this was old school. Now I'm I'm old, but I'm not the old, the old part where it was like where Bill Russell and those guys went through. So it wasn't. It was similar to like it is today, but it wasn't as bad as in the '60s and the '70s. So uh, it's just not now more voices, more people talking about what's going on, and, that, and it's good to see in our league. Amazing. And Shamir, um, you know, Coach Sellers just mentioned how people, you know, are a lot more alert and uh, a lot more aware. And I think you, you, you're that perfect example. You personified what he's his words that he just shared with us. That you know you have this alertness and you've implemented it into uh, your campus going forward. So I just want to ask, could you describe one or two, one, maybe two goals uh, that you were focused on achieving um, off the basketball court and any plans? Uh, do you have a system on how you plan to get there? Um, so you mean in terms of like spreading like racial awareness, things like that? Right. Yeah. So, I mean, one of my goals early on when I was starting like to, you know, I think about what I wanted to do, like what like what changes I wanted to see. A big thing that me and my coach talk about a lot too is like putting more minority people in like positions of not necessarily power, but just like um, influence on campus. So whether that whether that's like coaching, uh, teaching, uh, staff in general, right? Um, like the new head of uh, diversity and inclusion I talked about earlier. Um, is a minority uh, candidate, right? And he he's mm -hmm. doing amazing work here already. Um, he's been here for a couple of months now, so he's doing amazing work. Um, we hired a new assistant black coach, Russell Jenkins, who's done amazing this year. Like his scouts are great scouts, like great dude, like amazing role model for our, for our team. Um, the women's team has done the same. So I mean, there's just like those are that's one thing that I wanted to see a lot, right? And that's that's one way that you can help any community, right? By putting them, giving them positions to like be influences for, uh, you know whatever they're doing, right? It's coaching or teaching, things like that. And then another goal I wanted to see again was just being more visible with being more visible with how we're um, you know, representing like black athletes. So again, like a BHN game, um, <clears throat> whether it's social media, like showcasing more of uh, the work that we're doing, like not just myself, but like even the younger guys in the football team or like soccer, things like that, like showing what they're doing. Um, just making sure like everyone's uh, like we're just being shown in the right light and just you know doing the, the work uh, you know early to sh like to get these kids and like the the students to understand that you know black athletes on the campus are doing a lot more than just playing and going to class right and trying to mm -hmm. you know, spread that different message so those are those were two goals that I had um, and like, like I mentioned like they've been doing a great job at uh, you know following through um, even on top of that like whether it's like just little like day to day stuff. Like it's it's great seeing you know people talk about these things more. Like even this podcast is completely different. Like who knows who'd have this three two like two three years ago, right? Like if mm. if this conversation even be had. Um, so you can just look on social media. You look on Apple Podcasts. Like things like this are being talked about a lot more, just in a, in a wide in a wider view, like big picture kind of thing. So like that's that's kind of cool to see in general. Not saying that was a goal of mine, but it's just cool to see like mm -hmm. the, the correlation between mm -hmm. the two, like. Um, kind of yeah, I player which I, I think it's pretty cool yeah for sure I think it's like these indirect goals you know that are coming up and mm -hmm. you know obviously your 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 initiatives and what you're doing for your community 
um, you know, has led, has, you know, snowballed into something that, you know, maybe you didn't think about, but now, you right. know, you have an opportunity to be part of this. And this podcast is exactly for individuals like yourself to, to, you know, have uh, the light, you know, on you for a bit to, to really celebrate what you're, you're doing for others and your community yourself. Um, so yeah, that's awesome. Um, love to hear those goals and um, the progress uh, about them. And I hope, um, you know, you're, you're getting all the support that, uh, you know, that you're, you're receiving and everybody's all in um, at these uh, meetings and conversations and uh, everyone that's involved. So Coach Sellers, uh, could you describe the legacy you hope to leave uh, at CCSU and the NEC community? Yeah, um, I just, you know, we when I as an assistant here, we had a lot of success. You know, we had a 19-game winning streak, go to the NCAA tournament one year, 15-game winning streak, NCAA tournament. Our best player got drafted, played in the NBA for five years. We had a lot of good things happen here um, on the court. And so I want to continue that. Hopefully we can get the program built back to where it was, where we're winning on the court. We got guys going to the pros and guys, you know, not only guys going to the pros, graduating and getting jobs, mm -hmm. uh, doing well after college. And I also want to leave, you know, off the court where we are a program that's really good in the classroom. Um, we've had, you know, since I've been here in the two years, we've had three, over 3.0 GP, team GPAs. I want that to continue as we go forward. I want our guys to continue to be uh, great men in the community. And I want them to, to be leaders in the community. We, we try to get to uh, the local elementary schools and read the kids. And we want, and I want the kids to see like, you know, basketball players, athletes, black men, reading and talking and being role models and giving them, you know, some uh, encouragement going forward as, as students. So I want our guys to be really, really positive beacons of light in the community, black community and the community in general and, and uh, be leaders. I want to leave, hopefully we leave here with a bunch of guys who are leaders and, and, and uh, they make a big statement in our community. So that's the legacy I'm hoping to leave. That's amazing, Coach. Um, you know, I think already, you know, you're instilling this on your players, and uh, you know, all the all the, all the best of luck and wishes, and and continue to do um what you're doing as a, as a head coach and as a leader, because um you know you're cl clearly impacting your community and as well as your student athletes, and I'm sure they would uh like to follow in the footsteps of 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 an individual like yourself. So, uh, you know, kudos to you. Go ahead. I got one more, and this is just, uh, again, I'll tell you, Shamir, I'm a basketball junkie, man. I'm a basketball nut, so I'm a huge NBA guy, and I'm a huge college history, all of that stuff. Well, uh, 1996 in this league, this is before your time, LIU was really, really good. I think LIU might have won a few in a row, and the coach was Ray Haskins. He had, they were pressing, running, trapping. They had a, their best player, Charles Jones, ended up getting drafted. I don't know if he got drafted, but he played for the LA Clippers for a few years. He might still be playing. Uh, old school guy, but uh, good guy. To, but the, on that staff, Coach John, Coach Haskins had a guy, an assistant coach named Ray Jones, who was on the Notre Dame University of Notre Dame 1975 team. He was a starting point guard that beat the, the end of UCLA's 88 game winning streak. 
UCLA had won 88 straight games, and he was a starting point guard, but he was on the staff at LIU back in the days. And I, 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 I've coached Jones, uh, coached for a long time. So I used to see him on the road all the time. Great guy. And then I think it was a 2003 team. So I left in 2002 to go to UMass. The next year, Wagner won the championship with Derek Wittenberg. And when you're watching all the um, the highlights of the NCAA tournament, you probably see the one where Jimmy, when Coach Valbano is running around, yeah. jumping around after they, yeah. so the guy who shot the shot, who shot the air ball, there was a guy who shot the air ball yeah. and a guy who dunked the ball in Lorenzo Charles, dunked the ball in. Well, the guy who shot the air ball was Derek Wittenberg. He was the coach at Wagner that won it in 2003. So, um, you have some history in this league, man, with some good yeah. coaches, good players. So you, you you're in a really good league. I say this all I say this all the time. The NEC, uh, you know, obviously I think we have a really guard sent really some really good guards in this league, but it's some good players. And I think our players in the NEC really need to know the history of how good this league is and mm -hmm. how good we can become and keep going forward. So just wanted to share that with you guys. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks, Coach. Uh, you know, NEC uh, historically, you know, as you mentioned, you know, was very competitive and had some awesome um, individuals come and go throughout the programs and uh, go on to further their careers. So uh, awesome. Thanks for sharing some of those names. And uh, Shamir, uh, could you describe the legacy you hope to leave at Stonehill and the NEC community? Yeah, I mean, my one year stint at NEC, I feel like, um, you can still do a lot in your time. Like I, I want to just be for my for the guys that are like coming back next year on our team. I just want to be like the the kind of guy that just uh just humble figure walking around, just working hard, head down kind of thing. Um, not being afraid to do other things outside of basketball. Um, like my story is a little bit different, like with my injuries and stuff like that. So like I had more of a push to do some more stuff outside of basketball, right? Because mm -hmm. you know to be great, you gotta kind of have that kind of ego that you basketball is you know one and all. Like you have to be all in on it but I think you can still do a lot of, you can be a, a dynamic person outside of basketball so that's my thing um and again like just from a basketball standpoint right this league is is it's legitimate so um just approaching every game with like the right mindset um not getting too high not getting too low um just working hard head down um and compete right with everything you do so that's kind of legacy that I want to leave um hopefully my guys can you know carry that on and you know things start to, you know, move forward, continue to move forward on this campus, right, and in the league in general. So, like, what you're doing is, is huge. So, I appreciate you for putting this on um, to the league. Absolutely. And, Shamir, how would you describe the support from your teammates, Stonehill Campus and others, and what you're establishing uh, within the community? And also, even if you want to share uh, what that support looked like when you were going through, you know, your, 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 your injury and uh you know bouncing back and you know getting to the point to where you are today mm -hmm. yeah no the support has been amazing I, more than i could even ask for honestly like later like later today we have um black history month interviews and stuff like that like just to get some perspective from the guys like dudes were more than willing to do it from the team um like no hesitation just like kind of when and where mindset um and then like throughout like the injuries and stuff like that like dudes like always checking up on me after surgery or whatever and just making sure I'm good like being in the gym ready to be in the gym like early or late whatever it is to just get shots over just be around um training staff is great like they're there 24 7 like ready to help us coaching staff like doing what they can to like ease you back into play like figure out a new role learn your body things like that so 
the support has been like what you'd expect from like a legitimate program like like us and that we want to you know just make sure everyone everyone's you know feels you know included and like has a role like a legitimate role right and whether like one through 16 and like we all feel like we're important on the team so um the support's been great even from um, administration right dean and doug you know reaching out to you know aj and you guys like putting this together um support's been great and back in any 10 like the same thing like right like administration was good um you know they have initiatives they allowed us to have our like our pre-game um uh like statement about inclusion right that we do so just like not being being open to new ideas everything's been more you can like even like reaching out with ideas to me like everything's been kind of great like the i can't even like i can't complain at all about the support um, that i've seen these past couple of years so um you know, kudos to you know this campus and the leagues absolutely amazing and just to you know um go back a little bit on the legacy i think it i just wanted to mention that i think it's amazing we have an individual like coach sellers who who's had a lot of experience and, and time around the nec and now we have an individual like yourself shamir uh a, you know a program that's new to the nec in first time and you guys have already um you know had such a big impact um on the conference and and uh, i'm just super excited to get this out there so that people could really see the work um you know, over time and, and to this present day. And then here we are sitting together having this conversation. So just wanted to just share, like, you know, as, as someone who loves to do podcasts like this, I just wanted to like, just show my appreciation for the both of you. And, um, you know, just the, the, the leadership um, and the qualities that you guys have to, to instill on your community. So just wanted to share that. I just think, you know, I just had that moment like in my head where I was just like, oh, these guys deserve it. <laughs> but um, coach right. sellers. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, Coach Sellers, could you just uh, share why it's important to celebrate Black history? How can you use your platform as a head coach to raise awareness on important issues within the Black community? Yeah, it's important. It's important for the young guys. It's important for like, you know, Shamir, but it's important for even like the young, you know, I have a five-year-old nephew, I have a three-year-old son. It's important that these guys, as they're coming up, you know, they know their history. They know what happened in the past. They know how we're going forward. Um, it's very important that uh, the young, the younger generation, as we go forward, can get our message out, can get everybody included, can get you know everybody together. You know, Martin, Dr. Martin Luther King wanted everybody, you know, to hold hands. They wanted everybody to be together and be one. And I'm that's I'm not that's me. I'm that type of guy. And uh, so it's important for the younger group to hear that. You know, um, my son goes to a really diverse uh, school, so to speak. It's very diverse. And he's friends with everybody. He didn't know race. He didn't know color. He didn't, And that's how it should be. And it gets, mm -hmm. as people get older, they, they start to pair off or they go their own direction. And that's why it's important for us to get the message out to the younger generation, because we don't have to see race. We need to just, everybody needs to be together. We should be working together as one. And if we continue to do that, and we, you know, like as Shamir doing what he's doing now, with our guys here doing what we do here at Central Connecticut, and we go forward, it, it makes it for a better tomorrow. So that's why it's really important. Absolutely. Um, you know, you couldn't have said it better, Coach. And, and it just, you know, that, looking back at Martin Luther King's speech, you know, just judged by character, not by appearance or color of skin and all that. So that's amazing, um, you know, for, you know, for your son and your, your children that, 
you know they 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 they're starting to live in a world and uh, that that is like that. It's truly like that. Um, amazing. Shamir, what advice would you offer to inspire young individuals to take initiative uh, for advocating what they believe in? Um, I think the biggest thing is just kind of just look around you. Like there's still so much work left to be done in terms of seeing those like equitable situations for all, all people, right? Like no matter what legislation is passed, there's still going to be like that remnants of um, just uh, sort of looking for uh, discrimination against minority groups um, throughout history, right? And that's, it's going to take years and years and years to like re- um rebalance the things how they should be so like for like younger generations myself like even like high school kids middle school kids whatever it is like making sure that you're not just being comfortable in the situation that you're in if you are in a good situation you haven't really experienced too much uh discrimination in your life like there's still people out there who are getting treated wrong for the color skin like they're not getting hired they're not getting paid the same they're not getting treated mm -hmm. the same at hospitals um you might not see it every day but it's still going on right so just being aware that you know things are bigger than yourself right and you know it can happen to your family it could happen to so like just always being you know ready to advocate for what you what you should believe in right and some people don't even believe in these kind of things so that that's another factor too is right trying to spread the right message and um change the minds of people who kind of believe that there's nothing wrong with the world and like society that's my motivation that's like my biggest tip is like just being um not being too complacent with what we've done and like just keep going um and there's always more work you can do like there's always more work for yourself too right like if you are like a young black man or woman in this country like and you feel like you've had a lot of opportunity there's still much, so much more that you could um be experiencing that you might not even notice is happening to you so just being proactive with that and that's like my biggest tip and I like how you said, uh, just like not to be complacent, uh, complacent. And mm -hmm. it's like uh, words coming from, you know, uh, you know, real athletes, you know, always room for improvement, whether that be mm -hmm. on the court or within our society um, and, and just in, in, in our everyday thing. So, uh, yeah, not being complacent. Uh, uh, well put uh, some awesome advice and encouragement. Um, and when it reaches the right crowd, I'm sure, um, you know, it'll translate. So awesome. Thank you. And uh, Coach Sellers. I figured, uh, you know, with all, uh, you know, your networking and, and experience, I thought it'd be cool to end with maybe a little, a little uh, story. So if you could, could you share any inspiring stories or experiences with African-American players or coaches that have impacted your life and career, one that sticks out the most to you? Um, that's a good question. <laughs> Probably... <laughs> I go, this is a funny story. I don't know if it's, uh, it's, it's sort of, I'll tell the story. We, I'm at Creighton. And um, so Coach Gordy, like, I, again, I'm in awe of Coach Gordy. I'm, every day I see Coach Gordy, I'm like, man, Coach Gordy, big time player, big time coach. So we land in Philly, we're going to play Villanova. And he, Coach Gordy's from Chester, like right, a neighboring city right next to Philly. So we get on the bus and uh, Coach McDermott is talking to the bus driver. Like he, Coach McDermott's real funny. And he's kind of going back and forth with the bus driver. And he said, hey, um, have you ever heard of Lynn Gordy? And the bus driver was like, he said, yeah, he said, uh, Chester, Pennsylvania, like a really good basketball player. He said, I think he went to Arizona. So he's saying it loud so Coach Gordy can hear. And we're all just sitting back kind of laughing. And uh, he's like, 
yeah, you know, I think I heard him. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know. He he might have been halfway decent. And uh, he's like, uh, well, all those guys from Chester, man, they 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 never amount to anything. They never amount. They they get they go to jail. They're in trouble. Whatever, whatever. So the bus, we get to the hotel. We start to walk off the bus, and Gordy walks up and says, "Hi, I'm Lynn Gordy." And the bus driver cracked up laughing. We're laughing, and. You know, it was a funny part of it, but then it also showed a guy who came from our inner city, tough background, and, you know, obviously he was a really good athlete, but he worked his way up to become a great basketball player, uh, became a great coach, and now, like, he is, like, the the man on that campus at Creighton and, and that, that campus is probably a lot like Stonehill's campus, Shamir, where he's like diversity, inclusion, equity. Like he is into it big time, uh getting students to 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 get together, to recognize the the students of color, to um to to get the word out to, you know, like the George Floyd situation happened. He was the forefront of it at Creighton. He got people talking. He got the younger students getting together. So um, he, you know, at the end, and I said to one of the guys, one of our players on the on the bus, I was like, "Hey, man," I was like, "He did not. He wasn't one of those guys that didn't amount to anything. He really pushed himself. And now, of course, Gordy might be seventy plus, and he's still impacting his community." And this is a guy from outside of Philly that's in Omaha, Nebraska, that's doing, pushing his message and getting hit the word out. And like Shamir said, like everybody is starting to know and not letting people get complacent and, and getting a better life for themselves. So that stuck with me. It was a funny story, but it stuck with me because I watched this guy go from, you know, as I, I admired him as a player and then obviously as a coach and then just seeing what he's doing now is even it's even bigger. So that 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 stuck out to me. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that story. Um, you know, <clears throat> just you know, listening to it, you know, coming to an individual who came from, you know, a tougher background. I think it's important not to let that shape you. You know, if and and if it does shape you, overcome it and 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 show that, you know, you don't fall into the stereotype or uh, you know, let you know the bus driver might have mentioned. And, right. and and also it kind of reminded me of what you mentioned earlier, you know, like while the bus driver is saying this, you know, like it's like analyzing that situation and know how to like not escalate it. But like, you know, just listening and then yeah. afterwards handle it, introducing yeah. himself. And then, that you know, and it's a, there's always a way to um, present yourself. And he's clearly uh, leaving that kind of impact. And, uh, you know, the two of you, I know, are going to leave that kind of impact, um, you know, on not just the NEC community and uh, your programs community. But, you know, just uh, for every, anybody that you come across. So, and that is all the time we have for today. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to an NEC Speaks Up podcast and celebrating Black history in the NEC. See you next time on the NEC Overtime Pod.